0: السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه ومن والاه قال رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني قولي اللهم زدنا علما all praise and thanks is due to Allah Azza wa jal. peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Muhammad ibn Abdullah wa ala Ajma'i. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we leave off or we left off last week where the author of Riyadu Salihin, Imam al Nawawi, Abu Zakariya, ta'ala. he brought about four or five ayat at the beginning of the chapter of Sabr, patience. And Alhamdulillah, last week we looked at the first verse. And inshallah today we'll be carrying on with the chapter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ min مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقُسٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ And this is a verse that alhamdulillah many of us we are familiar with. And many of the imams they recite this verse in the Loud praise. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically gives us or shows us a double emphasis. And most definitely, or most certainly, we shall test you with something of fear. And each and every one of us, we have some form of fear. Someone fears heights. Someone fears the dark. Someone fears a person. Wal-jur and hunger. Right? Many people that we know, we see on the television, we see in our communities, people knocking on your door, people begging for food, they're hungry. Look in Africa, how many countries are going through starvation? So this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَنَقُسِمْ مِنَ amwal. And this one tends to affect a lot of people. This one tends to let people lose their minds because they've lost wealth. One looks at certain cultures, certain religions, you'll find that a loss of wealth many times leads to, commit people committing suicide. And even, in the Muslim community, in our communities we find that sometimes people, when they lose wealth, they lose many things with it, some people become angry, Some people lose their sanity. Some people even lose their Iman. Because this money meant so much to them. And no one is saying that you must not have wealth. Because if there's no wealth in the community, what will happen to the poor? What will happen to the fuqarah? So no one is saying no wealth. But never let this wealth enter your heart. never let this wealth make you a particular person. Never let wealth make you have kibber. Never let wealth make you look down on others. And also know that wealth, it can be a test. Not just a, lot, a loss of wealth, but having a lot of money can be a test. Someone has 30,000 Rand, 40,000 Rand. For him to pay zakah, it's not a lot. But someone is sitting with millions, 50, 60, 70, 80 million Rand. So for him to pay zakah, it's a lot of money. So What happens? You might try to look for loopholes. So beware. Never let money change you. And sometimes a lot of wealth can be a test for you as well. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَالْأَنفُسِ and lives. Someone passes away in your family. A love parent loses a child. A child loses a parent. And this obviously causes pain. This obviously causes someone to feel the pain. thamarat And fruits. Yani your income, your way you get things. But glad tidings to the one that has patience. And patience is not first when the calamity happens and then we start acting up. And then we start, Ripping our clothes, or hitting the floor, or swearing, whatever. No. This is not patience. Patience is when that musibah hits you. When that problem hits you, then immediately you say, Inna lillahi wa inna Ilaihi rajiyun. Or you say, Alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal. Or praise is due to Allah Azza wa Jal in all conditions. But you accept this test. And don't get angry. Then Allah Imam Nawawi brings another verse. That only those who are patient shall receive their rewards in full without reckoning. So this is a blessing, this is glad tidings for the person that is patient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the one who is patient will receive rewards in full without bighayri hisab, without reckoning. Allahumma ja'alna minum. May Allah make us of those. Then the next verse, Imam An nawawi ta'ala brings and he says, in surah al-shura, وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرَ إِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ Umur And indeed, whosoever shows patience and forgives that would truly be from the things recommended by Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also mentions, استعينوا بالصبر والصلاة. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Oh you who believe. Seek help and patient, seek help in sabr, in patience. And seek help in salah in your prayer. You have a problem? Have sabr. You have a problem? Make salah. Turn to Allah. So seek help in patience. And seek help in Salah. And Salah is supposed to bring you closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. And when you have a problem and you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive you. Allah ma'a al sabiri, That indeed Allah Azza wa Jal is worthy people that have patience. The next verse the Imam brings, he says sabirin." And indeed and surely, we shall test you, we shall try you till we test those who strive hard in the cause of Allah wa sabirin, and the patient ones. So, yeah, Alhamdulillah, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we had a good understanding of sabr. We have a good understanding of patience. We discussed last week some of the conditions of patience. This week we look at the various ayat. And there are many more ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the hadith, <coughs> the first hadith reads as follows An Abi Malik al Harith. ابن Asim الأشعري رضي الله عنه <coughs> قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان وسبحان الله والحمد لله تملان أو تملأ ما بين السماوات والأرض والصلاة النور. وَصَدَقَةُ بُرْهَانُ وَصَبْرُ الدِّيَةُ وَالْقُرْآنُ حُجَّةٌ لَكْ أَوْ عَلَيْكَ كُلُّ النَّاسِ يهدو، فَبَاعِئُ نفسه، فَمُعْتِقُهَا أَوْ مُوبِقُهَا رَوَاهُ مُسْلِم Abu Malik al Harith Ibn Asim Al-Ash'ari May Allah be pleased with him. He reported, That the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said that purity is half of faith. And the praise of Allah fills the scale, yani glorification, and praise fill up what is between the heavens and the earth. And prayer is a light. Charity is proof. Patience is illumination. The Quran is a proof for you or against you. All people go out early in the morning and sell themselves, either setting themselves free or ruining themselves. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. So alhamdulillah we looked at the verses that Imam Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned concerning patience, its reward, exhortation towards it and elucidation of its place. Thereafter he began to present the ahadith that have been reported regarding that. He mentioned the hadith of Malik al-Ash'ari. That we just read now which says. Purification is half of faith until he sane, and endurance is light. The Prophet peace be upon him described patience as illumination in this hadith. That patience it illuminates the path for the individual when darkness becomes overwhelming, and sufferings becomes aggravated. So if he is patient, then patience will be an illumination for him, guiding him towards the truth. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never make us of those that we know the truth, but we go against the truth. And for this reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it to be amongst the things of Resort And know that it is an illumination for the individual in his heart, his path, and his manhaj, his methodology, and his ilm, his knowledge. Because each time he moves towards Allah by means of patience, Allah, the Most Exalted, the Most High, will definitely increase him in guidance and in illumination whether it's in his heart, and enlighten him for this. And it is for this reason that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was rahmatun alamin was a mercy unto mankind. He said that sabr, that patience, is illumination. As for the rest of the hadith, he, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he started by saying that purification is half of one's faith. And At-Tuhur, it means the individual's purification. Shatrul Iman, as it occurs in the Arabic text, that is half of faith. And that is for the reason that Iman has to do with acceptance and rejection. This is an extremely important point. That Iman has to do with accepting something and with rejecting something. So that is rejecting shirk. Rejecting ascribing partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rejecting making dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rejecting to make kufr bit taghut. All these things to reject and many other things. And to reject sin by disconnecting from the polytheist and the sinful. So to reject shirk, you move away from the polytheist. You have nothing to do with the polytheist. And to move away from sin, you have nothing to do with the sinful people. This in itself is rejection. And this is real purification. This is tazkiyat to nafs. That you purify your heart so that you worship Allah azawajal correctly. You purify your heart that you do not involve yourself in sin. This is real purification. Sometimes we find a fake purifications out there. When in particular God, same particular things, walking in a particular way. But most of these actions are found from the innovations, from bidah. So this is real purification, as we mentioned, that the individual gives his physical and incorporeal punishment, or F1 purification, not punishment, from everything of filth. For this reason, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he made this half of Iman. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says, And subhanallah, subhanallah declares that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from all imperfections. Right? That Allah azza wa jal, he is free from all imperfections and comparison with his creatures. As Allah also says in the Quran, لَيْسَ كَمِثْيِي شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّبِيُّ الْبَصِيرِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all year and the all sin. So know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any defect. Whether it's in His names and attributes, whether it's in actions or whether it's in rulings. You'd never find a more, you'd never find a name from His names entailing any defect or imperfection, and this is what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says: "Walillahi, walillahi asmaul husna." And to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala belongs the most beautiful of names. And Allah says, and call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by these names. And likewise, you would never find any of his attributes containing any deficiency or imperfection. And thus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, <laughs> لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ For those who do not believe بِالْآخِرَةِ In the last day. مَثَلُ السوء. Right? Isn't an evil example? وَلِلَّهِ And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala المَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى Is the highest of description. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ So he's Al-Aziz and he's Al-Hakim, the wise, the judge. So know my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't believe that his attributes contains any deficiencies or imperfections and Allah knows best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the best and most perfect attributes in all respects. Likewise, to Him belongs perfection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the perfect being. We as human beings, we have defects. One day we're ill, one day we're better, one day the hearing's not that good, one day you feel tired. All of this does not belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's free of this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, says in Surah Al Dukhan, وَمَا خَلَقُنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَبَا بَيْنَهُمَا لَاعِبِينَ And we created, we did not create the heavens and the earth except or, and all that is between them for a mere play. This dunya, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is not year just for play. This dunya is not year. For fun and games. There's no problem. Enjoying. Taking the matah from this dunya. There's nothing wrong with this. There's no problem. With going for example. To nature. Taking a walk in the mountains. Islam encourages this. But know that your place on this dunya. Why you were placed here. Is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيَعْبُدُونَ You're not created to be a doctor. You're not created to earn ten, fifteen, a hundred thousand rand a month. If you get that, alhamdulillah. If you're a doctor, you help the people. But what do we find? That many people, many of the Muslims, have been deceived by this dunya. وَمَا الْحَيَّاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُّ وَمَا الْحَيَّاةُ الدُنْيَا And know that this life of this dunya, مَتَاعُ الْغُرُّ It is deception for you. Beautiful houses, beautiful cars, sky rise buildings. And you think, MashaAllah, look how beautiful is this, this? I need to go this, I need to build this. But you have a sufficient house. But this dunya, this is what it does to you. It reels you in. It wants you to take more. It wants you to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take from this dunya what you need, what suffices you. But don't make your life, don't make your, your object of your life money, money, money. Because one day it's going to catch up to you. So there is no play or amusement in Allah's creation. It is the creation absolutely based on wisdom. Similarly are His rulings. You will not find any deficiency or imperfection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ruling. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not say, that, is it not that Allah Azza wa is the best of judges? Surah at Then we find the next verse أَفَحُكْمَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَبْغُونَ وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا لِقَوْمِ يُقِنُ That ye, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, "Do says Do they not seek the judgment? Of the days of ignorance, and who is better in judgment? Waman ahsanu, and who is better in judgment? Minallah yukinun. Then Allah for a people who have firm faith. Let's look at this again. The verse: Do they then seek the judgment? Of the days of ignorance? Waman And who is better min Allah, than Allah Hukman to be the judge لِقَوْمٍ For a people who have firm faith. You go to the court today, the result, the judgment might not be in your favor, but you know it's your haqq. On the Day of Qiyamah, Allah Azza wa will make it that you get back your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask on the Day of Qiyamah, and who is the King today? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us in Surah Al-Fatiha, read minimum 17 times a day, Maliki Yawmiddin, that He is the King of the Day of Judgment. You can fool people on this dunya. You can belittle people on this dunya. You can speak ill to people on this dunya. But no, on the day of Qiyamah, Allahu Azza wa Jal is the King. He is in control of everything. So the utterance of saying, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, Allah is far removed from every imperfection and all praise belongs to Allah, both full or that he said fills the space between the heavens and the earth. There was some doubt from the reporter whether Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said they both fill what is between the heavens and the earth, or that he said it fills that between the heavens and the earth. However, the meaning does not change that is Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah, falls that which is between the heavens and the earth. And that is for the for the reason that those two expressions involves declaring Allah above all imperfections. As expressed in Subhan Subhanallah, and attribution of absolute perfection to Allah. Walhamdulillah, these two expressions combine acceptance, And rejection, as they say, between negating all forms of defects and imperfections and affirming absolute perfection, subhanallah, involves the negation of all imperfections and alhamdulillah involves the affirmation of all forms of perfection. So tasbih is declaring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala far above whatever does not befit him in his names and attributes, in his actions and his rulings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be praised in all conditions. And whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was gladdened, he was happy by a thing he would say, Alhamdulillah, alladhi ni'mati tatimu salihat. Alhamdulillah alladhi ni'matihi tatimu salihat. That all praise is due to Allah with whose favors good deeds are accomplished. And if other than that happens to him, you would say, Alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal. So here we learn two things. Alhamdulillah alladhi ni'matihi tatimmu salihat. And we learn, Alhamdulillahi <inaudible> ala So Alhamdulillah that all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whose favours, good deeds are accomplished. And if other than that happens to him, he says Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal that all praise is due to Allah in all conditions. Someone passes away, something bad happens to you. We say that thanks and glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praise be to Allah who has put me in the condition and all these conditions are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is extremely important that know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is in charge of everything. Something bad happens to you, it is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written, He has made it such that something was going to happen to you. However, there is an expression common amongst many of the people lately, and that is they're saying, alladhi <laughs> la yuhmad ala siwahu. That all praise is due to Allah, besides whom no other is praised over a misfortune. And this is a bit of a problem, this has some defect in it. This is because you are saying that besides whom no other is praised over a misfortune. And this is an expression indicating that patience or at least is lacking in complete patience. It also shows that the individual disgusts the thing. Such expression is not proper. And also we follow the sunnah of Rasulullah where he taught us Alhamdulillahi ala kulli All praise is due to Allah in all conditions. All that he says the other dua that we did. But by saying besides whom no one is praised over in misfortune clearly indicates opposition to what has touched him from Allah, the Mighty, the Most Sublime. It also shows that he, often, um, and then Sheikh Hussain, he says that I'm not saying, the individual may not be displeased with a trial that affects him. As a human being, the individual instinctively would be irked, but do not announce that on your tongue, in circumstances where you should be praising Allah, you should rather express be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet peace be upon him, he said, anhu Whatever I have given you, whatever I have come with you, take it. Anhu and whatever I have prohibited you, whatever I told you to stay away from, stay away from this. We live in a time. And an error, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, with the juhal, where they want to start teaching the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where they want to start teaching and telling the ulama, telling the students of knowledge how you should do things. Not studied a word of Arabic. doesn't know the difference between his elbow when it comes to usool fiqh when it comes to mustalahul al when it comes to tafsir doesn't know the difference between the fial and a fail but he wants to tell you as the imam what you must do he wants to tell you as a student of knowledge what you need to do is not correct and this is why you find that people coming up with all other forms of ibadah because they've left the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi sallam. this manhaj this nubuwa is gone we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq and afiyah and then the Prophet peace be upon him he says And Salatul nur That prayer is a light Prayer is a light for the servant In his heart, his face and his grave And at resurrection It is for this reason That you will find the people with the greatest light On their faces Are those who mostly observe the their prayers And are most conscious of Allah Similarly It will be light for the individual In his heart it opens for the servant the door of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, the door of understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rulings, his actions, his names, and attributes. It is also a light in the grave for the individual. All this for the fact that the prayer is a pillar of Islam. And when the pillar is established, the base, the building stands. And when the building, or when the pillar does not stay, there is no building. Likewise it will be light during his resurrection on the day of resurrection as Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wa said. Whoever preserves it, it shall be a proof and salvation for him on the day of Qiyamah. Whoever does not preserve it, it will neither be a light nor a proof nor salvation for him on the day of Qiyamah. He will be raised in the company of Firaun and Haman and Qarun and Ubayyuh. Ibn Khalaf. So, therefore, it is a light for the individual in all his actions, necessitating that he should maintain work towards it and engage in such of it in order to increase his light, knowledge, and faith. As for patience, he said it is a diya, it is an illumination. It contains light. But that is light with some warmth as Allah says it is he who made the sun a diya, a light, a shining thing and the moon as a noor. And we find that this definitely has some warmth, likewise patience. It must be with some warmth and exhaustion as well since it has to do with great difficulties. To have patience, to have sabr, it's easy to say on my tongue that Alhamdulillah, I have patience, Alhamdulillah, I have I have sabr. But do you really have sabr? Do you really have patience? Because with patience, with sabr, it comes through great difficulty. For this reason, its reward is without reckoning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives you the particular reward, for doing certain things. And he knows that to have patience is difficult. That's why he says in the Quran and the verse we discussed later. Earlier on Afwan. That patience is what? you will If you do or you accept and you learn and you implement the patience properly. Your reward is. حساب, without reckoning. And the difference between nur in the prayer. And the illumination here of patience. Tiyah is that illumination regarding patience is accompanied by the heart, because of the mental and bodily exhaustion it involves in some circumstances. And he's saying that charity is proof of faith. A sadaqa is to give out wealth by seeking closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone knocks on your door. I need money for electricity, I need food, etc. You give him something, this is what has been mentioned here, and sadaqah or charity is a proof of faith. So for this purpose, he hands out wealth to the family, the poor, and for general benefits, such as building the masjid, such as others, which is proof for the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is owing to the fact that wealth is cherished By the souls. The souls are aware. Right? Afar? And wealth is cherished by the souls. And souls are, or souls know about these types of wealth. So if the individual gives it out for the sake of Allah. And a person would not hand out what he cherishes. Except for a reason dearer to him. Then giving out wealth for Allah's sake is evidence of truth and sound faith. For this reason, you would find that the individuals with the most faith in Allah, right, with plenty, in, his re- in the reward plenty, are those who gives to people. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, then he said, The Quran will either be a plea in your favour or against you, because the Quran is a strong rope of Allah, and Allah's proof on His creations, It will either be in your favor and that is for you to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or it will not be in your favor. And this is because you followed the prohibitions and you did not stay away from that which is haram. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he did not mention any rank between the two. He did not mention any rank between the two. And this is because right? he did not mention the rank between the two. That is, he did not say that the Quran will neither be a proof for you or against you. Because in any case, it must be either for you or against you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it proof for us all. The proof from which we take guidance in this world and in the year after, he is certainly the most generous and the most honorable. He is saying, every person departs trading his soul, he either ransoms or put into perdition. Meaning that every person that starts his day in the morning with actions, and this is so obvious, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the night for resting. وَجَعَلْنَا Nahara Maasha. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِالْلَيْلِ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا جَرَحْتُمْ بِالنَّهَرْ ثُمَّ يَبْعَثُكُمْ فِيهِ It is He who takes your souls by the night. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِالْلَيْلِ He causes you to have a minor death. The nerves relax the body loosens and his energy is renewed for the coming job the next day. He rests from the previous day's work. Once it is in the morning and that is the early part of the day. And that's the early part of the day. So people goes out and each person faces his work. Some among them will proceed towards good deeds and those are the Muslims. And some of others would make it for evil and those are the disbelievers. And seek refugees seek by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the believer, as for the Muslim, the first thing he does is after waking up in the morning, he goes to perform ablution and clean up. And purification is half of faith, as contained in this hadith. And afterwards, he leaves to observe the prayer. So he begins the, his day with worshipping Allah, the Mighty, the Sublime, with purification, cleanliness, and prayer, which is the bond between the servant and his Lord, so he commences his day with such righteous deeds. In fact, he begins it by declaring Allah's oneness, considering the fact that it is established for the individual to mention remembrance of Allah. When he wakes up from his sleep, he recites the last ten verses. Now, when he wakes up from his sleep. Then the next point, he re- reads the last 10 verses of Surah Al-Ali Moran and that is he saying that verily in the creation of Allah, um, in the creation of, of the heavens and the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this, that indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of night and day, إِنَّ فِي wa that la li ulil alba. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the understanding. And this is the Muslim. Such is the individual who really wakes up trading his soul. However, as he traded it in such a manner that will liberate him, we say the Muslim has traded his soul in a manner that will liberate him. So he said, trading his soul, he either ransoms it or he puts it in, and meaning the one who trades his soul And puts it into perdition The disbeliever sets out Upon the deeds of perdition Because the word Right? The word means to He put it into perdition And ahlakaha He destroyed it And this is And that is for the reason The disbeliever commences his day with Disobedience to Allah. Even if he starts with eating and drinking, he will be punished for eating and drinking and may contact or may be held account on the day of Qiyamah. The disbeliever will be punished for every morsel of food he raises into his mouth. He will be chastised for every gulp of water he drinks and likewise for every cloth he wears. The evidence for this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, كل من حرم زينة الله التي أخرج لعباده وهو طيبات وهو طيبات من الرزق كل هي كل هي للذين آمنوا في الحياة الدنيا خالصة يوم القيامة كذلك نفصل الآيات so here we find that Allah says Say who has been forbidden The adornments of clothes given by Allah Which He had produced for His slaves And all kinds of lawful things Say they are in this world For those who believe So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us That for those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not for others and exclusively for them the believers on the day of Qiyamah, that is nothing of its consequences will be against them on the day of resurrection. The inference from the noble verse say that they are in the world for those who believe and exclusively for them on the day of resurrection is that it is unlawful for other than the believers and that it will not be especially for them on the day of resurrection and that they shall be punished for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Those who believe and do righteous deeds, there is no sin on them for what they ate in the past. The deduction from the noble verse is that other than Muslims right or other than the Muslims having sins upon them for what they eat. From the moment the disbeliever wakes up in the morning and the refuge or we seek refuge by Allah or with Allah. He goes on trading his soul in what destroys it. As for the believer, he he exchanges his soul with what expiates it and protects it from the hell we ask Allah to make us of those ameen so this brings us to the next hadith and the next hadith is reads as follows wa ibn malik ibn sinan al anhumah فأعطاهم ثم سأدور فأعطاهم حتى نفد ما عنده فقال لهم حين أنفق كل شيء بيدي ما يكن عندي من خير فلن فلن, أد فلن أدخره عنكم ومن يستعفف يعفر الله ومن يستغني يغني Ni la wa mayan wa mayata sabar yusbarullah wa ma uarti a hadun a khayran wa ausa minan sabar muttafakun alay. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that certain people of the Ansar. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said certain people from the Ansar They asked and they came to Rasulullah sallallahu And they asked him And he gave them And they asked him again And he gave them again Until what he had possessed had been depleted or exhausted The Prophet peace be upon him said Whatever wealth I have I will not withhold from you Whoever would be chaste and modest Allah will keep him chaste and modest And whoever would be self Sufficient. then know that Allah will make him self-sufficient, and whoever would be patient, know that Allah gives him patience. And no one is granted; to give better and a more comprehensive than patience. So it is part of the character of Rasulullah sallam that he would not be asked for anything he has, except that he would give it out. And it is not known. Of him that he ever denied anyone who asked him, he would give like the one who fears not poverty. And he led the life of the poor. Sometimes he tied a stone to his belly, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Today what happens with food? I don't want to eat this. Someone delivers food to you, no I'm not going to eat this because I had a problem. Or my grandfather's grandfather had a problem with your family. So uh, yes I have a musiba, I have a problem, but I'm going to send the food away. It's not the etiquette of a believer. Rasulullah suffered. He had to tie stones to his belly so that he could eat. Or so that it would remove the hunger that he was experiencing. The sahaba as well. But what do we do? We have three four dishes on the table. But we have a problem with this, we have a problem with that. This was the best of creation. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave his previous sins. And if he had committed any sins, it will be forgiven. This was the same being that the malaika came and they cleaned out his heart. This is lil this was the same thing Allah says, وَمَا ma عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْهُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌّ yuha. He did not speak out of his own accord. But you would inform him and then he would speak. And yet ye Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had to tie a stone to his belly. He had to tie a stone to his belly. So that he might not experience hunger. The same thing goes for the Sahaba. The Prophet, peace be upon him, was the most generous and the most courageous. We tend to always hear this hadith in Ramadan that the Prophet was ajwadun nas. He was the most generous of people. But when he came to the month of Ramadan, he was even more generous, subhanallah. And when he's Items were depleted. When everything was depleted, he assured them never to keep back from them whatever good he had. So if he had something coming good later, he would give it to them. And this shows you the love that the Prophet, peace be upon him, had for his companions. Then the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa encouraged chastity, self-reliance, and patience. He said, whosoever would be chaste and modest, Allah will keep them chaste and modest. And whosoever would seek self, Reliance, Allah will make self supporting, and whosoever would be patient, Allah will give him patience. Here's three things I would like to look at. Number one Whosoever seeks reliance, Allah will make him independent. Whosoever suffices with that which is with Allah, then no, or, afwa, which is with Allah, away from that in the hands of the people. Allah, the Mighty, the Sublime, would suffice for him. But whosoever asks the people, needing what they have, his heart will remain in need and refuge is with Allah. And he will not be sufficed. Real wealth is that of the heart. If the individual seeks with that which is with Allah, away from possessions of humans, Allah will suffice Him not to need the people. And this is what we want. We don't want the help of people. We don't want to go out and ask. We rely on Allah Azza wa Jal. But to add on to this, and inshallah actually we will come to this chapter after Tawakul in the future. Secondly, whosoever seeks chastity and modesty, then know that Allah will preserve you and keep you chaste. And the one who abstains from those amongst the women, Allah has forbade him, Allah the most mighty, the most sublime will grant him abstinence. The individual whose soul follows its lusts in matters of chastity, he will be destroyed. And here also we would like to address, we would like to speak to the parents as well, that many youth. They are involved in relations between or you want to call it girlfriend and boyfriend, etc. And this just blackens the heart. This just causes more issues. Then what do we also find today? Young parents, they allow, no it's fine you know. My daughter, She's still first year university. She doesn't want to get married in the next three years. But you know, it's fine for a friend to come over. He can sit. When we're not here, they can sit. Then the year passes. And she meets someone else. He meets someone else. The same process. When it's actually time to get married. About five, six, seven, eight People were actually sitting in the house having supper taking the girl out this is not haya. this is not chastity then we want to know when things happen look at this hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said that the eyes fornicate that the ears fornicate likewise the hands and the feet and it is the private parts that reveals the deed of shamelessness. It is the private parts that seals the deal. But there's still zina with the eyes. There's still zina with the ears. The hands and the feet lead you to this. But no, it's the private parts. And don't get me wrong, not just young, but it happens in the old as well. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, Guidance and to protect our loved ones Thirdly So if seeks to be patient Allah will grant him patience Allah will endow him with patience So if you strive to be patient And hold back from whatever Allah has forbidden you And exercise patiently regarding your needs Then without asking the people for help Allah will endow you with patience And assist you to gain patience And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Knows best. So know that when Allah grants you patience, that is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And this is one of the best bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have given you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that has sabr, that has patience, and to make us of those that when a calamity afflicts us, that we turn back to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala Subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu la ilaha illa anta wa atubu ilayk Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh